Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience with your hosts, Daniel Ferugia and Ashley Drew. Now, go and put your shoes on, put your headphones in, and let's go for a run. All right, good morning, listeners, or good afternoon, listeners, depending on when you're listening, of course. Could be evening. Welcome. It could be evening. Yeah, it could be it could be nighttime for those crazy people who are heading out for an early run. Anyway, this is Ashley Drew and Daniel Fruger for the Trail Runners Experience this week. Hello, welcome everyone. Thank you. And how are you, Daniel? I am well today, thanks, Ash. Um, you know, can't complain. If can't I did, complain. no one listen. No, no. And, well, uh, maybe see so people are listening now, now, so you can complain. This is your opportunity if you do want to. Oh, look, I'm if I'm, okay. If I'm a little bit, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll keep it brief. I'm just tired because I sleep deprived because of parenting duties. My um, the the virus that got me the other week has uh, has made its way through the entire family, and last night it got my two year old son and poor little fellow was up vomiting through the night, and so um. Yeah, so I got the, that fun part of the job. And so I'm, um, yeah, a little bit sleep deprived, but, you know, nothing a bit of coffee can't fix. <laughs> so, you Excellent. Know. Well, I'm, I'm actually enjoying a nice coffee right now. So Very as good. We, uh, as we record this morning. So, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, so ha- got in. how are you going? Well, I'm good. I got in a good run this morning. I, I haven't uh, collapsed this week, so that's good. That's and, always a bonus. Um, it's always a bonus. Yeah. So uh, I spent some time in hospital yesterday um, figuring out some more stuff. And it uh, it, it looks like um, I might become a bit more of a cyborg now. So Explain, uh, explain. So basically, with so I'm not diabetic, but we, we were trying to work out why... I'm getting the intense pain that I'm getting and then I'm getting the massive hypoglycemic problems that I'm having with my gut. And um, long story short, they, they've, they've resectioned my gut a few times, so they've taken out quite a few parts of it, but about a metre of intestine they've taken out. Plus they've taken out a heap of blood vessels and so on when they were doing that because they had to take out the tumours Yeah, a few times. And um, so... We, we had my surgeon there and we were chatting and he goes, well, I cut out a heap of the big blood supplies to your intestine. So your intestine doesn't get the blood flow that a normal person gets anymore. We've, we've had to make it up with smaller blood vessels. So there'll be times when your body's trying to digest food, but it can't actually get the blood to your gut. And so the, the result from that is pain. Like that's how it, that's yeah. how your body reacts. It goes, this is not right. I'm going to hurt. So that you do something about it. And uh, so there's two things basically. So now we want to move to 24 seven glucose monitoring right. and, and oxygen saturation monitoring. Oh, so is that we know that oxygen is getting to the, to the gut and also blood. Cause as, as the surgeon said yesterday, you know, like the fact is we, we went in to save your life and which we'd done. And he was very happy. He goes, he, well, he basically couldn't believe that I'm still alive one, but um, yeah. you know, he, uh, he said that, look, 
whatever you're doing, you need to keep doing it. But we never rebuilt your intestine to do ultra running. So, you know, we've got to work around that. <laughs> yeah. So we just, we just rebuilt it to keep you alive. Right. And um, so now, so basically I've got to do, uh, go and see some more medical people now about 24 hour blood monitoring and also um, looking at upgrading my watch styles. It's measuring oxygen saturation all the time. So that data can then be used to, to make better analysis then of maybe how to change my diet so as that I digest food a little bit more efficiently than, yeah. than what I can do now. And, yeah, and you'll so feel better, you'll feel better as a result. A yeah. Wow. Well, that's the theory. The theory is that I'll mm. feel a lot better because of it and I should be able to run better with that data yeah. Um, because I should be able to adjust pacing and food intake and uh, training according to oxygen saturation levels. And it, it, it became, by the time we'd finished our interview, which was a really funny interview because my doctor showed me his feet yesterday, which was, I, I can't say that I've ever had a, a doctor want to show me his feet yesterday, but we started talking about running. He's just done the Noosa Triathlon. He was talking, we were talking about shoes at one stage. Um, so as you can imagine, it's not the usual sort of conversations you have with your surgeon. Um, no. But anyway, his um, his feet are kind of, they weren't great feet. Let's go with that. But yeah, right. um, he's found Hoka Ono Ono shoes and yep. found that he can run better with them. And then he was asking me, what am I using to run the distances that I'm running? And yeah, it was a, it was a great conversation. It, it, eventually his PA actually said, look, you need to wrap up um, yeah. and, and, and kick me out because we'd run out of time. Cause you know, he had a, a, a room full of patients with uh, probably more dire needs than I had at that point in time. So interesting, but uh, it, so basically things became more complicated, but hopefully with, more information will come better solutions, better pain management, better digestion, better running. Like there's a heap of positives, but it's a big learning curve again now, which will be exciting. Yeah. Um, interesting that the very thing that a lot of um, ultra runners have difficulty with is the thing that you're addressing with your cancer treatment, as in like gastrointestinal issues, and I'm really interested to see how this is going to improve your running. I think it will improve your running. And, um, but, you know, because I know it's one of – it's probably it's the Achilles heel of so many runners, you know, is, that gas, is, is gut issues, especially when we get later into a race. And, and that ability to have, unlike the right amount of nutrition at the, for, throughout an entire day of running, you know, like it's, so it's um, – yeah, I, I really um, – I'd be really interested to see how it all pans out for you. And so, um, are you are you having? Did you say you're having? You're, they're going to put an insulin pump in or something like that? Or no, no. So no insulin pump. So I don't need. Yeah. Um, no, it's not I insulin. Don't that's need that sort of control. Yeah. The control that I need is just to adjust my food intake to keep uh, everything functioning properly. So it's not. Um, I don't have any problems with with insulin. I'm not no yeah, diabetic. Okay. That's yeah. Goodness. Let's let's go, and let's hope that that never happens as well. Like I don't need to yeah. complicate the complicated, but um, it's just it's monitoring. The, it's the tumors that actually cause 
um, the hyperglycemia. Yeah. And also the treatment that I'm on causes hyperglycemia. So you, you put the two together and when I have a reaction, then that's, that's a problem. So basically right. we just want to look at it all and then go, right, it might be a case that, oh, well, I don't know what the case would be, so I'm really making stuff up here. But it could be the case that I have to get up at midnight and have something to eat to keep blood sugar running at the right level to stop the pain, which will then stop the, you know, yeah. more complicated stuff going on. Um, and it will then mean, you know, that I, that I don't need to take pain management medication. So it's, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, oh. just, it's collecting, it's collecting more data on a permanent basis. So I was that adjustments can be made more effectively and in real time. Um, and they particularly like the surgeon was particular about, look, if you can monitor it during a race, then you can eat better during a race and you can start to make calculations and timing as to what you should be consuming at what point in time, rather than doing it by yeah. feel, you'll be able to do a little bit more scientifically. So, I, think, um, I think you're going to learn a lot about, um, about running nutrition from this. Like I, I, yeah. I, I think that you can really, you're going to gain a lot from this, not just obviously for your overall health, and your overall treatment, but I think I can really see the, the really positive uptick in your in your running performance and just learning about nutrition. I think if we all we're all so data driven about like pacing and stuff like that and heart rates and, and with with running and everything, but you know you're out of out of necessity you have to keep track of all this, and so it's going to be really interesting to see see the uh, the results from all this. So I really hope. We, you can you have to keep us posted over the coming weeks and months, mate. Um, yeah, so. I, I I contacted um, a mate of mine who's an ultra runner and a doctor in Holland yesterday, and said, "So, what do you recommend?" And he said, "Well, this is what the guys in the Tour de France use," and he sent me back the monitor, you know, yep. details. So I've got to do some reading about that and find out whether it's available right. in Australia because apparently they monitor their blood glucose twenty four hours a day during yeah. um, those races. So, yeah. Right. Interesting. Um, now, very good. So, all right. So you went for a run this morning and how did that go? Yeah, really good. Um, so I've had the nerve pain in my leg, um, which has been just painful, basically. Um, and I didn't – like this morning I was motivated, um, got some good tunes and – Yep. Managed to run 15Ks. It's it's getting a little bit warm, which was to be expected with all of the fire stuff that's happening at the moment and just the weather. Uh, so that knocked me around a little bit, but it, it felt really good to, to start to clock up the Ks. And I'm, I'm back to a third of what I'd like to be running per week, which feels really good. It is good, um, yeah. So, exactly. yeah. It's better to be training and feeling good, and on even if it's a smaller amount, than training – doing a lot and feeling crap you know so oh yeah yeah and oh, so you just you'll build up you'll be back up there in no time um but yeah and um and so this so hopefully it's just sort of the start of a good couple of weeks of training for you um and so yeah excellent so i suppose we should talk about what next my training my train yeah. um what's been happening with you so today this week i officially will be going picking up my mileage a bit more as recovering from the hyson. So last last week, 
I did 40, about 41 or 42 kilometers because the previous week I did 20. And I think I told you I've sort of been increasing it that way, about 20 kilometers a week. So yep. this week I'll probably go up to about 60, maybe even a little more. I am feeling a lot better. Still not a lot of intensity. I will be, um, however, today I am going out for a threshold run um, at some stage today. And so that'll be basically very quite a structured threshold run. So I do I'll do four kilometers for a warm-up. So super easy, nice bit of jogging. Um, some I, I always like to do like leg swings. I don't know if you ever do leg swings, you know, you stand next to the fence and it just my hips have been a little bit tight lately. And to just I, like, I, 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 I do a lot of that now with trying yeah. to get my leg to not hurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I just feel it's more good. mobile. It's good. It works. I do that. Plus, I, I do some a, a few walking lunges as well. Um, and you know, like that just opens things, opens up the stride a bit. So that's at the end of my four k warm up. I do a few, a few high knees and a few butt kicks and a few um, what do you call it, um, strides. So just to get the, just to get run a, you know, about between fifty and a hundred meters, accelerating up to top speed and then stopping and then doing it again and then i go into um my threshold so my threshold run i run it at just below my lactate threshold and so today i'm only going to do a 15 minute threshold so it's that i'm just doing one round so because i'm i'm being acutely aware of what i did only a few weeks ago and i really just want to find that sweet spot and i don't i don't want to smash myself so 15 minutes doesn't sound like much but you can get a really good training stimulus out of that and um and then over the coming weeks i'm going to increase that up 15 minutes at just below threshold is a lot yeah but it's only one round and so yeah um and so it's running so that's running um like so something that's that lactate threshold and i always say it's comfortably hard and it's um when i say and so like if I, it's not quite my 5k race pace, but it's, it's um, like, so, and the idea is not to absolutely gut myself on the run. And, and then, and then after I do that, I'll do maybe um, another four kilometer cool down. So just to get it, getting a little bit of mileage in the legs. And so the cool down, you know, um, so the actual threshold pace will be between about four minutes, 10 to four minutes, 20 per kilometer. Um, and then the warm up and the cool down five and a half to six minutes per kilometer and, um, just cruising along maybe a little bit. Yeah. It's like it's all about just, I'm just trying to get the mileage back in the legs. I went for a, um, a trail run uh, on Sunday, I'm not doing, not doing a great deal of mileage. I stuck to the plan in terms of not overdoing it. And I, I went out and I did 11 kilometers on the, my trails here in Black Hill and it's, it's pretty hilly, and it was late in the evening, but it was almost sunset when I left, and I, I ended up coming in in the dark, and I, I was really nice actually watching the sunset over the hills and over Adelaide, and then um, but I just felt puffed the whole time, like I just I felt like legitimately unfit. I'm like, man, this is what it must feel like to be a smoker, because I was just puffed out, like, and I think it was just because I was still feeling fatigued, you know, like I think it's just this yeah. res residual fatigue. And, and here we are. That was like two weeks after. And um, you just, I guess, and like I know the other week I said I had a bit of bounce in my legs. Like 
for the rest of this that week, I didn't really have much bounce in my legs. Like I just felt like there was just, you know, sluggish. So it'll be really interesting to see how I feel today when I do the threshold run, if I can maintain it, um, that pace for 15 minutes. And so, um, and then I'll, yeah, I'll get back to you on that. And then I'll be doing like my plan over the coming weeks and months before the big race in New Zealand on the 18th of January um, my plan is to add in two or make the threshold run longer and up to up to 30 minutes and then and then also have a second shorter one later in the week and then um, so getting a bit of flat I'm working on my flat ground speed but I'm also going to be doing offsetting that by doing lots of climbing so um, hopefully yeah and I think that's worked a lot in the past for um, people that I've coached and for myself. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. And um, I'm looking forward to increasing the mileage this week as well. So, like I say, so by the end of this, by this time next week, I should have done at least between 60 and 70 kilometres for the week. And then um, the week after that, I'll be getting up to some pretty decent numbers, I think. But, yeah, so that – but, you know – but it's it's always it's tricky when it comes to the hot weather too, you know, because you've got everything's harder, isn't it? Like it's crazy. Everything is harder. I, yeah. I know that I when I reached uh I think I was nine Ks into this morning's run and I'd only taken about three hundred ml of water with me this morning because I went, Oh no, I should be all right. Yeah. And um then I was feeling good and I went, No, I'm just gonna go further and I'll just, you know, go further away from where I would normally run. And yeah. uh, when I found my first tap this morning, it was like, oh, yeah, this will take a few minutes <laughs> just to yeah. retank. Yeah. No, you've, you've got to do it. You've got to make sure you've got enough hydration on, on board. I suppose in upcoming episodes, we can do a, a proper chat on keeping cool and hydration, proper hydration in hot weather because I think it's um, something that can be very dangerous and, and, like, the biggest risk can be overhydration sometimes. And, um, yes. So, yeah. It's, we can have a good chat about that and maybe I'll throw some numbers out for people. Um, yeah. And so it, cause drinking a lot is only one part of the, uh, the equation. So yeah, you've got to work out how to keep your core temperature cool as well. Um, so, um, yeah, I meant to tell you, this a, is really a challenging, funny. a challenging thing to do as we hit the Australian summer. Yeah, man. It gets, and like, exactly. It's, it can be very, very challenging. Um, I, had, I had to tell you this. This is pretty funny. So when I was doing that run the other night, I was coming down along Black through Black Hill, and it was like it got dark, like proper dark. And I was running along, and um, you know, and I'd run on the trails in the dark by myself quite a lot, and it doesn't really bother me. But I hadn't I haven't done it for a while, and um, so and there were loads of koalas out and about, and like dozens and dozens of kangaroos, which is great. But like the koalas were like, there was so many sets of koalas that were like, you know, they do that grunting. I don't know if you get yes. Yeah. But like there was a couple that were actually having a, well, I'm assuming they were fighting. They might have been doing the other thing, but um, <laughs> they, they were making some horrible noises. But you look off into the, into the trees and in the, into the bush and all with the head torch, all you can see is these little eyes reflecting back at you. And it's, <laughs> it's so creepy, man. And they're all, they'll, there are these two koalas and they're right on the, they're about two meters off the trail, maybe, or maybe five meters off the trail. And they're just like on the ground and they're just looking at me. And I was like, oh, they're going to come at me. And it's like, and it's like, this is a classic story for like, that you tell your, um, your, 
your German backpackers or your English backpackers. Yep. It's like the, the drop, drop bears, bears. coming yep. at me. And, um, and it, it fully like, it creeped me out. And a couple of times they were like, right. Cause I don't know the, the, the bush, everything was really still. And I could just hear every animal move. And, the, and a couple of times I, there was like a mob of kangaroos that would like start dashing through the trees and through the long grass. And uh, yeah, I, I got like a good old fashioned spooked. And on the last sort of two kilometers of my run coming along down this fairly steep hill and I was absolutely um, legging it down the hill because I was like, I want to get out of here. I'm going to get attacked by drop bears and kangaroos. And, and um, but no, it's it's fun. It's part of the fun of trail running. I tell you, I um, so I don't know. Like people get, I'm more, I guess to be honest, I'm more scared of uh, other humans than I would be of um, koalas and kangaroos. So yeah, but uh, oh it's yeah, fun. totally, totally. Yeah, um, mm. it's it, it's funny. Um, we have uh, feral deer here in southeast Queensland, and yeah, but- most people most people have never seen them. Because, you know, if you go out during the day, they, they don't exist. But if you go out just at dawn or at dusk, that's when they're active. And yeah. I remember one time running through the bush out at Lake Manchester. And then all of a sudden, just the whole bush around me just moved. And it was a whole herd of deer just came wow. flying out and across the track. And let me tell you. I need to change my pants after that episode. <laughs> you just all of a sudden all the bush moves and the ground starts to rumble and um, yeah. Then you know just these big. I mean they're big. Deer are big. Yeah, so, you wouldn't yeah, want to get knocked over by out. one. Yeah, that'd be that'd no. Be, that's that's not a um, irrational fear. Like my fear of being attacked by koalas is somewhat irrational, very irrational. But like. Being knocked over by deer, that's not an irrational fear. That's a very real fear. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, wow. But, I mean, I guess at this time of year, the other thing is, is snakes. And I generally um, I keep to the wider, especially late evening, They apparently they come out as, as after the sun's gone down. But I didn't see any, which, um, you know, but I, I, I always stick to the wider trails during um, the summer months. I generally stay away from the real tight single tracks. Um, I don't know. What do you do to keep safe from? Do you have snake snakes? I guess you would have a fair few snakes up there too. We de- we definitely have quite a few snakes up here. It um, it would be unusual for me not to see a snake each week at this time of year. Yeah. Um, like during the you know while I'm out running. So yeah. if you go out during the heat of the day, you don't see snakes. Yeah. Um, and if you go out in the cool of the night, you don't see snakes. It's just at that time when the day's kind of warming up and they come out onto the trail to warm up. Yeah. Um, so that they can be active for the day. That, that's when you see snakes. But, you know, I've had it where I've been climbing up the sides of mountains here uh, in the scenic rim and, you know, put my hand and then had a black snake crawl straight past my hand. And that was because, you know, I, I was just, I wasn't really thinking I probably had a set of headphones in to be honest. And I was just shoving my hands down to climb up over a bit. And it's like, yeah, it's the time of day when snakes are active, but the fact is they're more scared of you and they, they will get out of the way unless you actually step on one. Yeah. The chance of getting, you know, hit by one is, is really remote. Um, And 
Yeah, it's, just... it's kind of like um, whenever people go, oh, you know, I've got a snake in my roof, and I'm thinking, I'd rather have the snake in my roof where I know where it is than the one that I don't know where it is. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I I give them a healthy distance, but yeah. um, no. Look, if I'm going to go running in a new area, I will avoid the time of day and a single track, like you said. I will avoid yeah. the time of day when they're going to be active. But yeah, if it's I'll run when it's hot because I know that they, they'll be well and truly taking cover because they overheat and die in the heat. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely something that is worth talking about. And because, I mean, it is, it, like you say, they're more scared of us, but, you know, it's I definitely... I will always carry a snake bandage, though, at this time of year. Yeah, I've got same. To say that. As soon as I go in the bush, I'm, ta- I'm carrying a snake bandage, so... That's something that I recommend everyone does. Snake bandage only costs a couple of dollars and it weighs virtually nothing, um, and but it could literally save your life. You know, it because, definitely could save your yeah. life in the wrong situation, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. So. But anyway, so, um, yeah, so I guess um, we've got a, a chat with Celia Mattis coming up in a minute. We so. certainly do. The, po- the pocket rocket from the Sunshine Coast. Well, she's, she's, she, she's uh, not from the sun initially. Originally, she's from no. Finland, isn't she? That's correct. No? Finland? Yeah, no, but she I, lives on the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, she's, uh, she, she certainly is, resides I remember... on the Sunshine Coast now, and she, she, uh, she's not very tall, but she can run. Yeah. No, That's she, for she's, sure. No, she's fantastic. And um, she is the winner of the 2019 Black All 50. Is that if I'm not mistaken. That and is correct. So, yeah. So we'll, um, we'll jump into that interview in a moment. And, um, but I guess, so what's coming up for you this week running wise, what are your goals? What do you want to try and do? Uh, I just want to run each day to be quite honest. That's, that's literally where I'm at. Yep. If I can, if I can put the miles down, um, particularly without nerve pain, that would be absolutely fantastic. So um, that's kind of where my goals sit for, for this week. Uh, look, I'd like to, I'm sitting at about 50 Ks for the week so far. Uh, when I say so far, like in the last seven days, which is how I yep. always look at it, just what I've done the last seven days. Um, I'd like to get that up to about 60, 65 would be great. Uh, and yep. then from there, if I can maintain that pain free, then I'll take a big step up again. And yeah, just see good. what happens. Well, you know, the research um, and all the smart research says, you know, increasing mileage by between 10 and no more than 20% each week. So a maximum of 20% each week of increasing mileage. So that's the smart, the smart money there, Ash. But um, yep. I guess we both, when you're a bit more experienced, you can do it a little bit, you can be a little bit ballsy. But um, but no, it's good. Anyway, yeah. Oh, excellent. So I uh, hopefully next week. I hope you have a, a consistent week of um, of getting your miles in. And I am like as I said before, I'm aiming for sixty to seventy kilometers this following week. And um, so yeah, maybe, and we'll see how we go after that. But in the meantime, let's uh, dive in to our chat with Celia Mattis. Awesome. All right, cheers, mate.
Okay. Well, welcome, listeners. Welcome back, those who have listened before, and, and welcome those who are listening for the first time. This morning, Daniel and I will be chatting with Cecilia Mathis on the Trail Runners Experience. So, welcome, Cecilia. Thank you so much. And uh, good morning, Daniel. Now, Daniel uh, just raced on the weekend, so um, we'll forgive him if he's a little slow today. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm I'm working. At least I get to sit down for this one. So yeah, that's true. Thank so you for sitting down as the go for today. Thanks for joining us, Cecilia. And um, where, what part of the um, of the country are you joining us from? Where are you? Sunshine Coast, oh. in Queensland. Lovely. Which part of the Sunshine Coast? Um, at the moment I'm in Brightwater. Brightwater. Okay. I'm not sure if I know that area. Is that I? I, uh, I can. T- I can- I live, I live close to there, if closely, she go closer than you, and I don't know where Brightwater is, I'd have to Google. <laughs> yeah, not just near Bodrim and Sippy Downs. Right, okay, sort of in the, uh, inland a little bit, yeah, lovely. Um, yeah, a tiny bit. Just from the coast, yeah, lovely. And how, yeah. long, how long have you been up there for? Um, I've been here now for three four years. Yeah, and where do you originally hail from? So hitting you with a few questions straight out. We, we'd go with the rapid fires here. Yeah. <laughs> where, where are you from? I'm from Finland. Finland, lovely. That's where the accent comes from, and it's a nice accent. Yeah, I'm sh- it's sure. We'll, we'll, yeah, excellent. And so I don't like it that much, but yeah, maybe I <laughs> like it so. I'm happy with that then. No, I'm going to work on trying to get rid of it a little bit, but yeah. No, don't change. Don't change. Keep the accent. <laughs> you know, that's what makes us all unique. Um, okay. <laughs> I, um, so I guess the reason we've got you on the Trail Runners experience today is, um, as to the best of my knowledge, you recently took out the 50K at the Blackall um, or Black All 100 race, but the 50k event. So congratulations on that, on your win there. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. my surprise. I don't know how that happened, but yeah, <laughs> I, it was a good run. <laughs> excellent. So yeah, was that your first? Um, are you? Uh, was that your first big win, like at an event like that, or have you been? Maybe tell us a little bit about your um, your running background. Yeah. So. I've always thought of being running. Um, I played soccer on a quite high level until I was 21. And when you're used to training like seven, eight times a week, um, you need to find something else to do when you stop. Um, and that was running. Yeah. Um, yes, I started doing some half marathons and then I did a few marathons. And yeah. Excellent. And. Um... And you've got, and when did you step up to sort of the ultra scene doing? That's only recently, like, um, I did my first um, trail marathon only last year, end of last year, and that was just here on the coast. Yep. And before that, no, actually not, I did it in Sydney, in Glenbrook. Right. Um... And from there, yeah, I 
thought it was heaps of fun. And I did a local race here. Um, that was beer by daybreak. And that went pretty well and it was fun. And then I did beer at night. And before that, actually, I started to like the longer distances. And yep. I signed up for UTA 100. Wonderful. So, and how did you go in the UTA? Have you run UTA this year? Yes, I did in May, yeah. Um, and that went really well. Like, I was surprised that it went that well. Like, more that it went, that it wasn't that tough. Like, I thought it would be, like, like the biggest plane cave I've ever been in. But it was, like, not that horrible. <laughs> wow. And, and how did you, like, what sort of time did you come in? Because... Uh, when you say you, you did well, it, that's a hard race. Yeah, um, I played 13.05 was my finishing time. Oh, wow. That's very quick on a tough course very, like that. Very respectable time. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I'm happy because it was my first 100k race and I didn't know what to expect. And yeah, I just went with the feeling and yeah, tried to do my best and just experience it. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't have really a specific goal time. Me and my coach, uh, we thought that I might finish between 14 and 16 hours. And then finishing in 13.05, I was like, wow, that was good. Fantastic. What yeah. Would, what, yeah would you say, awesome. what would you say your, your biggest strength is in, in the longer events? Are you a climber or a descender? Are you good on the flats? Are you good at stairs you've obviously got to be pretty good at stairs but like yeah so what do you think it yeah. is yeah i think overall just the consistency yes like i try to be because i'm um part of the uh, up coaching so i have a coach ah. there yep and i was in this up coaching group and uh, i remember brendan davis posting <clears throat> like a little Thing for us 100k runners what to think about and I remember one thing really clearly and he said be the smartest runner yeah and uh, like start easy um, and try to like keep up have a pace that you keep to because um, it's easily like with the adrenaline and all the people cheering you on that you like just like run super fast in the beginning and uh, he was like, okay, try to take it down and then keep the same pace throughout the whole race or then try to go even faster the last, I can't remember what he said, maybe 20Ks or something. Um, and that's what I really took with me and I tried to keep that in mind. So I just chose a, like a time um, that I, like a pace that I could keep and I really stuck to that. Um, and obviously on the downhills, I just what went by feeling uh, and the same with same thing with uphills and yeah when the descent that happened that was it that 80ks maybe it starts to go quite a lot down yeah. um, then I tried to push on quite hard and just go by feeling and yeah push more that is it's wonderful advice um, I think Brendan is a very good coach Brendan Davies it was a, a guest on this podcast oh, way back in the uh, last year, early last year, I had him on and I talked to him for quite some time. I mean, is, it, is he your actual? Oh, cool. Yeah, is he your coach or is he? Um, is he? I know. No, he's, uh, 
I'm under some other coaches in the in his like team. Yeah, but um, I mean, he's the head coach, so but he's he's very knowledgeable, yeah. and so um, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously a very good runner, but he's, I think it, there's there's good coaches, there's good runners. It doesn't necessarily mean you're a good coach. You know what I mean? But he is a good coach. <laughs> you know, like yeah. he's both, <laughs> and so um, yeah, yeah. But um, no, up coaching, very have a lot of success um, throughout the country, and so yeah, good for you. And so, so what was do you, what is your coach's name? We may as well give him a shout out or her. Uh, Jody Oborn. Jody. Uh, she's based in Brisbane. Ah, oh, wonderful. Yeah. And um, how does the so you do do you meet in person much, or is a lot of online um, and chatting over the phone and stuff like that? Yeah, uh, mostly online. I've met her twice. The first time when I got in touch with her and then the second time just before UTA um, to talk about the race and just see how I am and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but otherwise online and I like that she just puts up on training peaks what I should do and I just do it. And like she also like tells me that I could like update some other information there like how long I slept and water and stuff and like that but I never put anything like that in there I just do the workouts and <laughs> if like I only say something if I'm getting really tired and I can't do the workout or something is not right um so I'm really like yeah we don't talk that much and I'm happy with that um yeah I just do what she tells me to do mostly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I think it all it all matters, but um, that's really good. Um, yeah, fantastic work. So, um, Ash, do you have any questions for Cecilia at the moment, or are you just happy listening? <laughs> yeah, I, I want to know what's your favourite part about living on the uh, the Sunshine Coast. Oh, everything! Like I can't believe how I ended up here sometimes. Like, this place is amazing. Uh, mostly the people, like, everyone is so friendly, and I often meet random people that I talk to, and especially um, when you're out walking, running, or then in the pool doing some swimming, uh, that's a great spot to meet people and just talk randomly. Uh, um, and then, yeah, the nature is awesome. There's a lot of great national parks here, and it's, I feel Sunshine Coast has a little bit of everything. Um, and we have the sea just close by, and yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, and what are your favorite running spots up there? Um, I have to say Noosa National Park. I don't know what it is, but that's where sort of I started, started to do all my trail runs. Wonderful. So it has like a special, special meaning to me. Um, many years ago, Fantastic. it's fun. It's an amazing spot. So many years ago, I lived up in Noosa. Um, we're going back oh, 15 years at least. Um, and I was living there and I used to run in Noosa National Park quite a bit as well. And even back then though, like, and the trails around there, it's beautiful. But, and um, around the coast track, it gets very busy even early in the morning i don't know how you can like it must be it must get so busy now even so i don't know how you uh i mean i know what you mean like it is beautiful but the, i like my favorite part were the trails through the center 
if I can remember, there's a track called Tanglewood Track. Um, yeah. Yeah, really pretty through there and just a little bit quieter than the coastal track. Um, does that sound from? You, do you train on that area or just all around there? Uh, all around. Like, obviously, yeah. I try to avoid the coastal track because, like, it's yeah. so people and you need to yell out, like, oh, pausing on the right side. And they're like, yeah. oh. Um, so I try to avoid that if I'm there later in the day, um, also like later in the morning. But if I'm there and there's heaps of people, I also like to run on the rocks, like on the beach, if it's not high tide. So yeah, I just run a little bit on the foot footpath and then I just go down on the rocks and the sand yeah, instead. That's great. And so tell us a little bit more about your, your actual training that you, you do. Um, if that's okay, um, I'm really interested into sort of how much of your training is on the trails and do you do other forms to back it up? Like, you, are you doing a th threshold training, speed work, um, or what else? Any road running to, so what do you, yeah, bit of an overview um, of that. Well, I think it's like, I do my like intervals and threshold workouts like on just payment on road yeah um in the beginning i sometimes did them on did them on uh, trails but i found that really hard to like keep up with the pace that she set for me and stuff and she told me that maybe it's better to do them on road or really flat trails um yeah so i do them all now on road and then and then I have easy runs I sometimes do on road or then at, um, they have this Mulula National Park here just next to Brightwater. Yep. Um, and they have some easy trails in there, not that much elevation. So I try to get there to do some easy runs as well. Um, but otherwise it's road. And then on the weekends I have my longer runs and then I try to do them all on trail. So I guess it's maybe 60% mm. trail and 40 road, depends. Um, it's been more road lately because um, I've just haven't had time to get to the trails early enough or then um, before work, I mean, or then before it gets too dark. And I'm a bit afraid to run in the dark. Like just, I don't, I just think that there's some creepy man who's going to come and uh, try to kill me or something so yeah. I don't like to run trails that much in the dark um, so yeah no yeah. that that's um that sounds that's a really good ratio I, I feel of um yeah of your uh <clears throat> of your training 60% trail 40% uh, road I think it's really good yeah um, I'm a coach as well and it's probably a similar ratio that I would prescribe basically to my runners. I think it's important to be able to keep the legs moving fairly quickly and so getting used to running on the flat a bit. Um, and yeah. I think that that's definitely helped me as, a, as an athlete, but it's also helped my, a lot of my runners as well. Um, because even in a very hilly race, there's still lots of flat sections that you have to run on, you know, so. Oh yeah, there is. Yeah, but um, so yeah, so do you, Take us back to let's go. This is uh, by the time this this uh, podcast goes to goes out to the, the internet, 
we will it'll be a, a couple of weeks unfortunately but so um take us back to the uh black hole 50 if you wouldn't mind i'd love to hear a little bit more about how your race unfolded there because it's a pretty decent race to win and it's a race that's gained a fair bit of um a, a bit of notoriety um nationally and i can see it becoming a bigger one you'd agree there wouldn't you ash so, uh, yeah, it's becoming very big. In fact, I think that next year they'll probably reach their maximum numbers, which is I think it's about 750 runners. I know there were 660 this year, um, most of those doing the 50, and then um, yeah, a, a, like 75% did the 50 and 25% did the, the 100 course. Um, so, yeah quite uh it's an amazing course that's for sure but celia will tell us more no doubt yeah so um I, yeah yeah go for it cecilia maybe if you want to give us a little bit of a race recap that'd be really lovely we heard ashley told us all about because ashley ran the 100 last as well and um but so i'd like to hear the perspective of the 50k because i have not run it and so i'd like to see maybe you can sell the idea of the race to me <laughs> yeah um i hadn't looked into the race that much um beforehand like for example i didn't realize that it was that big um so it was really exciting to come there on friday to the registration and see that many people and that was really cool and the next stuff basically i thought that this is a really good training run uh, that's what was in my head and how I like prefer prepare for it. Like I'm gonna do my best, but it's a really good um, training run because I'm going back to doing the UTA 100. Um, oh, excellent. So that was always in my head, and I thought that I would really push myself this time because um, I've noticed that I like to maybe sit back a little bit too much um, and not push myself enough like I do it in the end of the race but then maybe that hasn't been enough um, maybe I can try to push earlier so I my race plan was to take it easy in the beginning and then try to speed up maybe at 30 k's uh, after the second bluff and um, but then like one minute into the race it was like it went downhill quite a bit and it was flat because you first run the like four k's on road um before you end the, the single trail and i thought it would be maybe good to speed it up here a little bit also to get past um people so i don't need to if i have to pass people on the single trail or get stuck behind someone um so I tried to push it a little bit there and I thought that I'm going to push myself on all the downhills and take it easy on the uphills. And um, yeah, that worked out really well, like the whole race. Um, I pushed myself where I could um, and that was mainly downhills then what I felt like I gained the most um, and then overall through the race. Um, try to just push myself and not steal too much um, and try to be faster in the end. But I think I was pretty consistent through the whole race. And um, it's a really cool course. I've done half of it 
like four months ago. I did half of it. So I knew a little bit about the course, but it's basically, yeah, to, it goes quite a bit up and down like small hills, but then there's two big uphills, like two bluffs. So there's one big bluff and one smaller bluff. And yeah, I like those big hills. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, did you yeah, have... and um, sorry, I on. remember when I went up the big first bluff, um, there was the first aid station there, and that was really nice to see the people and people cheering me on. So I was really stoked to, to go up the first big hill. Um, and I ran where I could, where it was a bit flat, but then I also like knew there's another bluff coming, so I tried to not push myself too much and I could really feel that hill I was like oh my gosh um, my bum gets a really good workout here um, <laughs> and I was thinking about that I need to do way more training out here <laughs> like it's a really good course um, and well I got up the bluff and then there was another aid station like pretty quickly like a water station and there made some people um and that was cool because they also shed me on and i got a lot of energy energy from that and then there was a lot of flat going off to that big bluff so they were like this is an easy section you can um there's just like some guys in front of you you can get them and stuff and i was like oh i need like a little recovery right now after that big hill um, <laughs> i tried to push myself a little bit but i also I were like, okay, like take it easy. Um, but I recovered pretty well on that one and I got to push myself in the end of that one before the second bluff. So I was really happy with that, that my legs recovered pretty well. Um, and then the second bluff came and I didn't have really any people during those, um, between those bluffs. Um, I didn't see many people, no one in front of me, no one in the back. And I was like, oh, this is a pity, like, where is everyone? <laughs> um, and, but then I was so happy uh, that uh, the 100k runners came down that bluff when I was going up. So I got a lot of energy from that. Then I was like, okay, I'm on the right course now. Um, and that made me, yeah, get good energy and run like run up that hill as fast as I could not as fast as I could but I tried to push my push myself there and run a bit more on the flat part had the, had the storm hit when you were running up that bluff no it was after that actually for my part um so yep. it wasn't raining too much yet then uh it was after the second bluff that it uh hit and that was lovely it was just what I needed because I started to get tired there were more smaller hills that I walked up and a few downhills and my legs started to get a bit tired. Um, and that was just the, what I needed. It was really refreshing for the legs and calves to run in the water puddles. And I don't know. That was really cool. I love when it rains a lot. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. The rain was excellent. I was running down that bluff that you ran up in the dry. I ran down that when it was absolutely hammering down. And, oh really? Um, yeah, it was, was it awesome. Slippery? No, it wasn't slippery at all at that point in time. When I came back up at the second time, it had started to get slippery. Um, yeah. 
But when I was actually running down it, it was just all the leaves and everything being washed off with all the water. So um, it, it wasn't slippery at all at that point in time. As you were coming around to um, CP3, that started to get slippery. But, oh, uh, yeah, that was slippery. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that actual – the bluff climb was not – so that was No, good. that was good. Yeah, I remember going down, like, the first – like, before the first bluff, like, the turns are so rough. So that was – Yeah, they are rough and sharp. Yeah, my feet didn't really – like, there was two times that I almost fell. Um so I was just thinking about the ones that if it's wet, if it's even worse, then, but it's a lot of gravel on the road as well. So maybe that helped. Yeah. Fantastic. And what was your nutrition plan for, for running 50K? Um, it's always the same. I take something every 30 minutes and then I also drink water, but I also have some electrolytes. Um, in one bottle and I sip of that like I don't look at any specific time just whenever I feel like it sort of um, and I love drinking water anything so I need to always think about like do I actually need to drink now or not um, I don't know I just love water and I can drink so much uh, so that's been like in the past I felt like I've been drinking too much um, so this time I actually tried to be like, uh, not to drink too much. And it's also 50K, so it's a bit shorter than 100Ks. I thought I might not need that much fluid. Um, so that went really well. Um, and yeah, I don't ever have really problems with getting fluids down or anything. I just uh, eat it and drink it and yeah, it's fine. And, and at the aid stations, what's your number one go-to food? Uh, I don't eat really anything at the aid stations. Um, not that this 50k race, I didn't take anything. I just had my Cliff um, Energy Cubes. I love them. Yep. And then I had some isotonic gels. Um, and then I had some kind of nut bars. Um that I had in case of, because I usually don't mind having just gels and that's that kind of stuff. Uh, my tummy can handle it pretty well. So I, yeah, this race, I just use them. But on the 100K, uh, I tried to get in more foods as well, because I wasn't sure how my tummy would react. And I guess it would be good to just have some normal food as well. And yeah. Usually, I don't have any preferences. Like, I can take watermelon if there is any, but many times I don't take anything from them. Um, I just have what I have in my backpack. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I was, I, sorry to jump in. Uh, a question about um, the, the race. It's sort of a two-parter. Did you have any real mental low points in the race? And, it, and like, how did you deal with it? Or how do you deal with those low points generally? Um, I had one, and that was when I started to get cramps. Um, I never had cramps before, really. Um, and that maybe when it was four or five Ks left, I noticed that my quad was getting stiff. 
So I was like, okay, I'm gonna stretch it out, and I lift my leg up, and my hamstring just oh, no. got so tight, and I was like, oh my god, now I pulled my hamstring. Now the race is over. That's what I thought. Um, and I just stood there in shock, like, what the heck was that? Um, and then another 100k runner comes towards me, and she's like, is everything good? I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm a cramp in my hamstring, and she's like. Oh, do you need any help? And she was so kind. She had some magnesium cream or something. And I was going to borrow that or take a little bit of that. But then it was deep inside her backpack and stuff. And I was then in that moment when I was trying to, like, take that thing out, I was like, no. Because I remember that many people need, like, walk out the cramps. So by moving, it, like, releases. So then I just continued walking. And then it went away. And... Then it was pretty fine after that, but I noticed that my legs were getting really tired. And um, if I did any big movements, I noticed that my hamstring wanted to cramp a little bit. Um, so that the last case were actually really hard. Um, so I didn't even see that many people around me. Like there was nobody in front of me that I could see. And for me, people like they do a big impact on me. Like I somehow I get energy from seeing people be happy or cheer on me or just uh, saying hi or whatever um i get energy from that and now i didn't i was sort of pretty alone and uh, it was hard to see the signs where it said three k's left two k's left and because one k when you actually start thinking about it it's freaking long yeah um, (laughs) (laughs) so i was like oh gosh uh, that was a bit tough, but then I was like, okay, okay, don't look at the signs. Just remember to take one step on one step in front of the other, and don't look how far you have to go. And that's what I put into my head, and uh, that what got through. Yeah. That what helped me get through that tough time when I started to feel that my legs are really tired, and there was quite a few uphills uh, before it goes down again. Um, and I allowed myself to walk the uphills uh, and then just run where I can, even if it goes really, really slow, but just run, because I noticed that was easier than walking. Um, And it was sort of like a little bit of recovery for my legs at the same time. Um, And yeah, somehow I've finished then. (laughs) And the case just went past and yeah, Fantastic, and um, and so you um, you fi- your official finish time was was four hours fifty nine minutes and fifty nine seconds. How did it feel to go to just scrape under five hours? <laughs> that was so cool because, yeah. as I said before, I saw this as a training run, and I haven't done the fifty k course before, and I wasn't sure like how fast I could do it. But I was like thinking before, like, oh, it would be cool to be under five hours. I'm not sure if I can do it or if it's even possible. Um, So I just, that was just one thought that I had in my head, but otherwise I just tried to do my best. Then I looked at my watch and I can't remember what it said, but I was like, what if I'm pretty close under five hours? And I was like, okay, I'm gonna give it my all these last like six, five, 400 meters. And I tried to, because there was a big downhill there before you turn into the Q triple C. 
and I just ran down that one as fast as I could then yeah then I knew there was like maybe 200 meters left and I just gave it my all and my legs were just cramping so much and I couldn't feel them anymore and then I just passed the finish line and I was like in shock of how my legs felt because they were cramping so much and I was like oh my gosh and then um, afterwards yeah I was like, oh, by the way, what was the time did I get under five hours? And then somebody says it was 4.59.59. And that was pretty fun. Like, that was cool. So I was like, oh, so good. I sprinted the last uh, few hundred meters. <laughs> That's lucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It seems fairly arbitrary, really, that one second, but it does look better on your um on your results. You know, I... I um. I've had a race where it was 100k and I was trying to get in under 13 hours and I, I was certain I had with only a few k or less than two kilometers to go I remember having I had like 12 minutes to get less than two kilometers but it was a really sort of tricky little two kilometers and I was exhausted and I came in right exactly on 13 hours and I was so annoyed I just I couldn't oh. <laughs> yeah you just wanted that 12 something. I, I know I know it was really quite frustrating but it was all right at, at the end of the day it doesn't really matter <laughs> but um no yeah no like one second here or there and yeah but obviously it's fun uh, sometimes like if it goes over that you wouldn't care that much but just because it's like one second like Obviously, you're like, oh, it would have been cool to be on the other side. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Um, yeah, so um, in the lead up, so you've got UTA 100 again this year where you want to really push it, you're coming up next year, sorry. Um, yeah. You're going to try and obviously put in a bit more of a, an effort. Not that you didn't put in an effort, but, um, you know, push yourself a little more. What is, um, do you have any races between now this, and then? This time she's really racing it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> now I'm going all in. Yeah, good. All in, yes. That's a good way of putting it. <clears throat> and yes. What is and so do you have any lead in races or anything that you to build up between now and then or is it just focusing on training only? Training um yeah, training mostly. I want to do some races. Not sure which ones yet. Like I'm gonna do the local one, local ones here that Run Queensland has, um, and then I'm not sure what I can do next year, like before UTA. Um, depends how my financial situation is and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not hundred percent sure. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the focus is on UTA more than anything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm really keen on going back to oh. see what uh, how much I can improve. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fantastic. And do you, um, I suppose, having a goal in mind after running so well in your first 100k there, would you would you like? Obviously, I try and break goals down into to more specific goals me personally like do you have more do you want to tell us a little bit of an insight and like do you have any specific goals like as in in the race do you want to run a obviously you want to run a faster time but do you one of the things i focus on is i want to make sure i nail my nutrition better or i want to pace better in the front half or or like is there something that you want to do better 
other than run faster, of course? Um, I'm really happy with that race. Yeah. Um, I know I maybe took it a bit too easy in the beginning. Like, I also started like one of the last people in the um, in the start. Um, so I know I can speed up there, and that's obviously like a goal I'm going to try to do. Like, yeah, push more in the beginning. But otherwise, like, I don't feel like I could have done like that. I want to, yeah, improve. I just want to improve overall. Like, yeah, maybe if I don't know, maybe uphills better. Like the stairs, I can handle pretty well. But maybe yeah. just hike faster. Um, yeah, you mentioned nutrition. Your... I nailed really well, so I don't know what I can do better there. Um, you mentioned that your bum, your glutes, sort of got a bit of a workout on some of those climbs. So maybe that. Is something to. I mean, I'm always trying to work on my glutes. You know, you got. You know, got to yeah. look. Got to look good as well. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I mean, it, it makes a big difference when you do when you do work your um the back. Basically, I find doing gym work and working the the, from my lower back all the way down my um to my Achilles essentially um I. It makes it, I found it, it, it's made a huge difference for my running. And so I'm always doing things like, um, uh, what do you call them? Curls, um, hamstring curls and things like that work, really work the hamstrings and the glutes um, and squats and stuff like that. And so it could possibly, and obviously lots of heel work is going to help you there too, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I, I, I think, like you said, right near the, off the top of the, um, the, the top of this conversation, I think it's consistency is what has got you there and staying consistent for over a long period of time will get you the results, I think. So, yeah, yeah, I agree on that. Like, I saw so many people that were like, they were like broken humans walking, not really, yeah. I don't know what they did, but like they didn't even say hi. Like, okay, they were not maybe that happy that I paused them and tried to cheer them on, uh, pausing them, but... I don't know, they, like at 60Ks, they were like so broken and that even if they were fast in the beginning, I think that will pull, make you slower in the end. Yeah. Um, um, so consistency will be always like um, a big focus for me. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, the, I think they call that the death march. I've had the death march. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, when you, about tried. Yeah, you got nothing left. Have you been there, Ash? Death march? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I yeah. haven't experienced that yet. Yeah. It's coming at some point, though, I know. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's, not next it's when, year. It's when, it's when people have the lean. You know, like they've got the death march and then they have a lean to one side as well and you go wow like you are you are doing it tough now yeah um, yeah I, I, I remember a guy having that and um i said to him you know how are you doing he goes oh not real well and i gave him a gel as i went past and um because he, he was out of food and oh. um, that, that was why he had the death march because he'd run out of food so yeah it, um, oh, next time I should ask them, how are you going? And not just say, you can do it, like, going strong, even if they're not, maybe, but you wish that maybe. Yeah, I don't know what. A little bit of energy. 
that's a really like, I find that when I'm racing like I ask everybody how they're doing as I pass them or or they pass me or you know, I catch them etc and um, I wonder whether I need to use a better question because if you ask how are you doing everyone always says good or yeah. okay oh, I need I need to find the question that actually makes them think about an answer and yeah. then um, you know I might be able to pass on some help but um, yeah. no it's uh, no, you, the key yeah. is the key is you got to go past and you just lie, you just lie. I'm a massive. I mean, I lie to myself in races. I just I run past <laughs> them and I say, "You look fantastic. Look at you." And that's even if they've got the death march. And yet, I just I don't know. When people tell me I look good, even though I feel like crap, that I, it makes me feel better. They go, "Oh, you look." You oh, look. that picks you up. Yeah. So you know. I, I do agree with that. I always say something positive as I go past. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, I need to I do think... the same what I'm doing, and then also ask how they're going. Yeah, um, yeah. Because you never know if anyone, like many people, don't ask for help. But if, um, mm. if you ask them how they're doing or something, maybe you can ask if they need help. Um, yeah, it's really great. Yeah. It's su it's such a great thing about the sport, and I I um I noticed it over the this past weekend when I ran. People were just you know, it's just like a everyone's it's just a big catch-up and like a party that's moving in one direction and you know like um and it's a sort of a slow mo it's kind of a slow motion party in a sense um but yeah no it's really great i um i will always 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 try and say something to every person that i pass because i'm, I'm and i'm doing it almost for selfish reasons because it comes back to you it's a little bit of that trail karma, you know. You do good things, yeah. and it comes on the trail, and it will bounce back. And you and so, yeah, it adds to the uh, the vibe. <laughs> and, yeah, and, true. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, I try always to think like, because I know how much it means to me when people cheer me on or say something like some kind of uplifting thing. Yeah. And I know how much that helps me. So obviously, you want somebody else to get that as well um yeah no fantastic um i have another question slightly off topic oh it's not off topic it's all about running uh do you have a, a dream race that you would love to do in the future a what like a dream race your bucket list race oh, dream yeah so i've read a little bit about uh, bad water just through david Goggins' book Yes. And it sounds so horrible and painful and everything. So I want to do that because <laughs> it sounds like a big, big, like, adventure. Yeah. Um, well, there's a death march there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would probably be the one where I would have it. <laughs> yeah. A, de a, death, a death march on the white line. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. Remember always the white line. <laughs> yep. Definitely the white line. Stay on the white line. Yeah. No, but that mm. race would be so cool just because I just want to see how, like, much I can push myself and how much I can overcome. Like, you always think that you're not capable of something and then you go and do it. And that, like, that is, like, so cool. Yeah. Um, do you, this is a, a question for both of you. Um, and it's a deep, it's a very philosophical question. And why is it 
that we feel the need to make ourselves suffer. There's so much suffering in the world, but why do we need... And, and runners, ultra runners, are like looking for that suffer fest, you know? And it, it's, I, I don't know the answer, but I feel like... Because we're, we're very privileged to go and run, you know? And there's people in this world who don't have, you know, money to eat, to buy food to eat, or to have a house. And that's true suffering. But we, we do this, and, and um, it's, we're so lucky that we can do this. Why do you guys think we do this, make ourselves suffer so much? I'll start with um, Ash. Okay, I, for me personally, I don't think you're happy when you're content. Right. Um, I, on, I only think you're happy when things are up against the wall and you have to figure out a solution to make it better. Uh, I just think that that's a, a case for humans overall, and that, but that's, I mean, that's me talking. So when everybody's happy and content, you know, sitting in front of the TV, just relaxing, I, I don't think you're really actually happy doing that. I think you're happy when you're solving a problem and, and trying to get to the end. And to solve a problem properly involves suffering. Mm. So, or it involves pain. Um, and I think that the more pain you feel, the more you know you're alive. Yeah, very. It's good. Uh, that that would be my answer to that. Yeah. How? What are your thoughts, uh, Cecilia? I I agree with Ashley saying. Um, and yeah, that it makes us feel alive. Yeah. Like I know myself. Like I need to do it to appreciate appreciate and be grateful for all the things I have and what I'm capable of doing, like it, I think it helps to overcome other things. Like life is not easy and there's going to be stuff that we need to try to solve and get like fix um, or just get through. And I think when we've been suffering before, we always learn something from that. Yeah. And that can help us to overcome other things. Yeah, that's a... Yes. Yeah, fantastic. No, I feel similar. Similar, But it was definitely, you know, when you go into these longer races and you start, you know, your mind really goes on some tangents when you're running sometimes. And um, I don't listen to music in races. I listen to it in training. But, but in races, I, I, I don't have any headphones. And... Um, it gives, I think it really frees my mind up a bit, sometimes a little bit too much, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. So do you, do you listen to music when you train or race or anything like that? Um, I listen to music only on my intervals if I need, like if I know I'm a bit tired and I know it's going to be really tough that day, um, I can have that as help. Mm. Uh, to get me excited and pumped and run as good as I can. Um, and sometimes um, when I do easy runs, I can have some, if I want to listen to a podcast or just any music, um, I might have. But mainly I just run without. And on races, um, I usually don't have. Because um, I think it's good that you hear other people and what's going on. Um, and... Um, on UTA, I actually had the last 20 k's. I put on music to get a little bit of 
more excitement than a good pump to run faster. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, but mainly because I work as a dental technician in a lab and we listen oh, to wow. music every day. Um, and when I've been in work, I just don't want to hear anything. I just want to go out in the trail and hear the birds and other animals um, and not listen to anything specific. No, interesting. Um, yeah, I, I'm a bit the same. I, I'll do. I'll listen to music, like mostly on the short runs, but podcasts on my longer runs. Um, can I ask what podcast do you listen to, other than this one, of course, which you've probably never heard of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I listen to. I've actually listened to a few episodes that you guys have done. Oh, cool. um, yeah, um, but Lovely. also Inner Fight podcast. Um, okay. One guy called James Smith and like this uh, big uh, gym sort of. They do online coaching as well for endurance athletes and stuff like that. Um, and I think they bring up really good topics uh, with endurance, uh, within endurance sports and also running and multi-stage races and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, and then a few other podcasts from home that's um, Swedish ones and... Oh, yeah. A few Finnish ones, but not that many, though, and only sometimes. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, so um, what's your last last question? I'm going to I've been monopolizing the conversation a little. I realize um, my last question for now is um, what's your favorite non <laughs> non running related activity to do to relax? Mm -hmm. Um, non-running. Yeah. Um, just walk on the beach, take a swim in the pool or yeah, in the you, ocean. You live in paradise. Um, I like <laughs> to do all active stuff. And so I tried to get into mountain biking a little bit, but now obviously running has taken all my spare time. So I haven't done that as much, but that would be one thing that would also make me relax. Um, but yeah, easy walks, hang out with friends, eat a lot of good food. I love eating nice foods on the weekend. So um, that makes me really relaxed as well and happy. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. Um, <clears throat> Ash, before we move to the, the last part of this conversation, I've got something sort of a little bit special. But Ash, do you have any more questions? Well, uh, probably too long to answer I, I wanted to know how you got to Australia yeah so I can try take a quick uh, a quick one of that one um so I just came in to do my internship in November 2015 I was gonna do that for six months and I did that and finished my studies came back because um, they offered me a job and that's why I'm still here my work well wow. um, yeah so you did an internship in dental as yeah, a dental yeah. tech? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And oh. I've always been here on the coast. Um, so. Interesting. Yeah, that's one heck of a place to do that. Yeah, yeah so lucky. I'm, like, so grateful. Um, oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, you, I hope, well, it sounds like, so you not, not, have no plans of going, leaving anytime soon. 
not anytime soon. Um, yeah. I have a contract now for, I think it's two years, because it also has to do with visas and stuff. Yeah, of uh, course. And um, also how my running goes, like, I want to see how good I can get. Mm. Um, so we depend on how that goes as well and what that will bring. Yeah. Do you have any sponsors or are you hoping to pick up some sponsors? I don't have any sponsor. Um, one day, uh, that would be nice. Um, but I need to do more races and, like, show that I'm a good runner. So um, that won't come anytime soon. Uh, maybe at no end of next year. Who knows how UTA is going to go and other races. But hopefully at some point in my life, um, if I can get there, I'm not sure how good I can become, but yeah, I will try my best and we'll see what that will bring. Awesome. Hopefully any of the people out there who have connections to sponsors, you know, sponsor Cecilia. She works hard and she's fast and she's only going to get faster. Get on it. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Message her. Um, we'll, um, yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's, it's the sport's growing so much that I don't think it's um, out of the question, you know, that picking up sponsorship, it, it doesn't, it's, um, yeah, definitely a growing industry. So, yeah. So. Especially in the, especially in females. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's growing, cool. it's the strength, it's just going from strength to strength in the women's section. The 24-hour race over the weekend in France, uh, the world championships, um, the women just blew it out of the water. Mm. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it's amazing. <clears throat> I, I actually, what I want to do right now, before we run out of time, I think you'll both enjoy this. Ash, I've done it. Yep. We've got... Excellent. We, we have a, we have, we're going to do something that's brand new to this podcast, to the Trail Runners Experience. And it's, um, we, Cecilia, you are a guinea pig in this, so it won't take too long, but hopefully. But um, it is yep. the, a trail trivia it's, I'm going to ask some questions and you're in competition with Ashley right there. And uh, <laughs> so I, I'm the quiz master and... I suck at trivia. It's all right. Oh, me too, especially if it's about trail running. It's okay. <laughs> Even if I run a lot and love all of this, I'm not that... Uh, I don't know if I know... I, could, I don't know much about the trail world. Oh, look, I think that... Um, you're, um, you'll, be, you'll do better than you expect. Now, I'll be handing out points for, um, oh, for the correct answers, but also for uh, creative answers. You might get a, a partial credit. So, <laughs> even if it's wrong. This sounds like schoolwork for sure now. All right. All right. Are you guys ready? Are you, you'll both get a chance yep. to answer. So, that, do, we don't worry about buzzers or anything. We might evolve into buzzers at some, some stage. So, question one. Um, Cecilia, you want to, oh, it doesn't matter. I'll just, this is for both of you. The Western States 100 in America, one of the most iconic 100 mile races in the world. I, this is, there are two points on offer here. Um, the, I want to know the course record times for the men and the women. And now the, the person that gets the point, the points here is the closest to the mark. So no Google, no Google, please. So what is it? It's about for the okay. I can only answer for the men. Um, 
I'd say it's about 14 hours, 14 minutes at the moment, or 16 minutes, somewhere around there. Uh, pick an answer, women, Ash. Women, I'd be guessing it's. I'd be guessing women are only about half an hour off that. You got it. Okay, so what's what's your final answer for the men? You can't have two. I'll go with. I'll go with 14 hours, 16 minutes. Okay, and Cecilia for the women. Uh, for for the men. Um, I've not looked into this at all, and I don't have any idea. But I think Ashley probably knows more, so I'm gonna just talk somewhere there. So I say 14 hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> what did you say, Ash? 14, 16. 16, yeah. I tell you what, the the course record is was broken this year by Jim Wormsley, and it's 14 hours, 9 minutes, and 28 seconds. So Cecilia wow. gets the <laughs> gets the point. Cecilia gets it. <laughs> and okay. And now for the women's course record. I I'll, I'll give you a clue on this one. It was it was set in 2012 by Ellie Greenwood. Um so uh, this time to make oh. it fair Cecilia, I want you to have a have a dig first. Have a go first. Um, maybe 14, 46 minutes. No, can it be? No, 37. No, I say 40, <laughs> 40. That's my final answer. Okay. 14, 40. Okay. Yeah. Ashley? Okay. Well, since it was set in 2012... I'm going to go with it's about 16 hours, 30 minutes. Well, even even things up. So Ellie Greenwood got 16 hours and 47 minutes and 19 seconds. So not, there you go. not quite yeah. there yet with the um, – they haven't quite caught up to men. Still a good time though. Well done, Ash. You get a point. Okay. This is good. Well done. So we're one, one apiece. Okay. So this is uh, touching on some recent news. The Big big Dogs Backyard Ultra, which is held in America as well. And it was, um, they had the last, it's a last man standing race. And it was this year, for the first time ever, it was won by a woman. There's a two-parter. Um, don't say anything yet. What I might do is when I say... I think, because I think, I want to know who it was, and I want to know how far they ran. Okay. So, when I say go, you can jump in, if you know. Okay, go. I can start, because I don't know. Oh, you don't um, know? I don't know who it is. I just know it was a woman. <laughs> okay. And what did you say, what, how long she went for? Yeah, or how, how far, distance-wise. Was it like 625 or something, case? I actually only have it in miles, but I think we'll have a... It's okay. What did you say? How many Ks? She said 600 and... What did you say? Six, it's, it's over. It's 400 and something Ks. Hang on. I've got to, I've got to do a conversion because I couldn't find it. But we don't... So we know we've got... So what are you saying? 600 and something? Yeah. And Ash, you're saying what? 400 and something. She, four, she did sort of 400 and her name starts with C. C, does it? Oh. <laughs> so we don't know who it is. I'll tell you. Okay. That's not cool. I think so. The lady's name, she's American, and her name. So you both get a zero for the name of the athlete. I think she went 63 hours or 64 hours. Yeah. The, and she officially went, oh, her name is Maggie Guterol. Guterol. It's um, G-U-T-E-R-L. That's it. Yeah. And she went 250 miles. So what's the conversion on that? 
Um, hang on a minute. I'm terrible with these. Yeah, it's 407, 400, somewhere around there. Hang on. Yeah, okay. All right, Ash, you get the point. <laughs> you only get one. Yeah, I don't know what I, where I got 625 from. Maybe that's something else I've read. That's okay. Either way, it's ridiculous. Probably, probably from the hours, because you went for 63 hours before. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's okay. It's kind of a tough one. I think this one, I'm hoping that this one will be right up your um, your alley here, um, Cecilia, because it is to do with someone who, who is known as the Flying Finn. He's from Finland. I want to know about a certain runner named Pavo Nermi. Surely you know who Pavo Nermi is. Yeah, but I don't know really exactly what he has. Um, okay. so that something he, with the marathon? He's one of the greatest um, uh, runners of, like, the 20th century. He's set records from from 1,500 metres right up to the marathon and a long time ago, back in the, you know, the early 20th century. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, he was, he was a bit of a legend of the sport. And yeah. he... I want to know, uh, he, lots of his records were unratified because they were run at, on different tracks and times have changed, and, but the ratified records that he set, I want to know what his best time for 10,000 metres was, keeping in mind it was 1924. So Pavo Nermi, and so this is, just a, this is another one of those closest to the mark wins, so 10 kilometres on the track, um, what was his best time? The current world record by Kenanisi Bekele sits at 26 minutes and 17 seconds. So obviously it's not going to be that fast. So let's go, Ash, you can go first. Have a guess at the time. 10 kilometres. Okay, it's in the 29 minute mark. Let's go for a specific number. 20, 29 minutes something. Something? Something what? <laughs> oh, 29.34. Okay. 29.34. 29.34. And Cecilia? Yeah, I think he probably, yep. probably would be under the 30 minutes, or could he 1924? No, I say 30.29. Oh, hang on. What did you say again, Ash? I said 29.34. Okay, the point, the, 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 his best time for 10,000 metres was 30.06. So the point, the closest to the mark there was Cecilia. Well oh, done. Cecilia gets that. Yeah, well done. See? Hey. <laughs> and you, it had to pay off. Yep. Yeah. So that was on the old cinder track as well. So, and uh, technology was a bit different. And so pretty yeah. cool. But yeah, very cool. All right. This is the last question to finish this off. And it's an Australian-based one. And it's a, the, the fastest run around Australia. So... A few people have had a, had a go at running all the way around Australia. And I realise, so I'm going to make it a bit easy because I don't imagine Cecilia would know who it was because she is not from here. But it was, it's, it, the record is held by Pat Farmer, who is a great Australian ultra runner. He ran all the way around Australia. And it is, I want to know how long it took him to, to get the record. And the distance, and that was following the National Highway 1, which is uh, 14,300 kilometres. 
Uh, so, uh, Cecilia, do you want to go first and have a, a, a stab in the dark? So I reckon days. I want to know days and hours and minutes if you want to be really specific. Oh, so 1,400 kilometers. 14,000, 14,300. Yeah. Uh, 14,000. Oh my gosh. Mm. I just throw out there. Um, 45 days and six hours. Okay. That can't be right. 40 yeah. days. You want to have another go? I, I say exactly 50. <laughs> 50? Okay, that's cool. Look, it's tough. It's not meant to be easy. <laughs> Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go, it was in the 160-day mark. What makes you think that? Just a wild guess? Because he probably ran like 80 k's a day. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 80 to 100 k's a day, so okay. that'd be my guess. Oh, that makes sense, though. I didn't think like that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> At all, clearly. I think he's superhuman. <laughs> he is superhuman. Pat Farmer also ran from the North Pole to the South Pole uh, a few years ago and crossing land as much as possible through North America and then South America and uh, yeah, across, yeah, he's crazy. Very, very cool. Um, anyway, the, the, the answer is actually 191 days and 10 minutes. So the, again, well, Ash, Ash gets the correct one. Cecilia, a little bit too ambitious there, I'm afraid, but maybe that's something, <laughs> yeah. that, that's something you can focus on and you can break that record and you can get 50 days. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> That'll be moving. Good job, Ashley. <laughs> yeah, well done. Thank you, Cecilia. Uh, that was good. You too. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, but so that's the end of the, the first ever trail trivia. So well done to both of you. Um, you get, Ashley, you win. So what you get is kudos. I'm sending you kudos and well done. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you kudos on Strava. <laughs> yeah. I'm going I'm to need to read a lot more trail trivia. Yeah, no, nice. I, I think there'll be more where that came from. Excellent. Um, Cecilia, that might be time to wrap it up. We've had, we've had a, you've given us lots of your time and it's been really fun. Thank you for having me, guys. Um, it has been nice to talk to you. Yeah. And yeah, Good. it's going to be exciting to see how everything unfolds. And I'm going to keep listening to you guys. Thank you. I enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And Thank you. Very, I, I look forward to seeing how you do next year and maybe even getting up and, and going for a run with you and Luke. Yeah, so, that would um, be awesome. He told me about that. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, I've got to I've got to head up that way and go for a run with the, I don't know how many people have asked me to now, but uh, a few. Oh. So, <laughs> but yeah. I, that's good. That's good. The more people I can go running, the better. We um, yeah. we'll be really good luck with your training for UTA, and we'll be following your progress in the lead up to it, and hopefully you um, yeah, hope hope it all goes to uh, according to plan. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. No worries. All right. We'll, uh, we'll bid you farewell right. on, on the podcast now and we'll see you next time.